0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Football Sunday 2020 here at Lighthouse Fellowship. I want to welcome you into the broadcast booth. My name is Bobby Cullen. I'm one of your hosts today. And along with me in the booth, we have Frank Briggs, our lead pastor, Dan Morris, our executive pastor, and then our rookie sensation, who was voted into the all-stars last week, <laughs> Garrett Gottlob. Of course, that was by default. He's the only rookie on the panel.
1: I'll still take it.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Well, we're excited that you're here with us. We're going to have a lot of fun today, Um, and we uh, hope you enjoy our time today as we fellowship together and celebrate what God is doing here at Lighthouse.
2: Amen, Bobby. That's exactly right. It's a great, exciting day here at Lighthouse, and I just want to celebrate that last year when we did Football Sunday, I was on injured reserve, so I wasn't able to be here. Uh, But it's great to be back, and uh, just to make sure that everybody understands, this is not a normal kind of Sunday today. It's a little different. We're having a lot of fun, and we're so glad that you're here with us this morning. A little bit later in our broadcast this morning, you're going to hear candidly from some of the NFL players about their stories, about their careers, about their journey in faith. It's going to be an amazing day for us here today.
0: All right, well, let's jump right in, guys. We're going to talk a little bit about our, our opinions about Super Bowl 54 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Garrett, let us hear from you first.
1: Well, my prediction—the uh, experts have been predicting a close game—but my prediction is that the San Francisco 49ers will win. Look, San Francisco has a top five offense and a top five defense, and I truly believe that the old adage proves true: defense wins championships.
3: Maybe, all right. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. You know, hey,
2: good, good luck you're, with that. You're, you're <laughs> right.
3: They're a—they're a really balanced team. They're a good team, man. That. Mostert was amazing a couple of weeks ago in the running game that he had. Unbelievable. He's probably going to have a great game this week as well. But I got to go with the Texas boy, and I am going for Kansas City right here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is amazing, and I think he's going to dazzle everybody, and it's going to be an exciting day.
1: Hey, speaking of amazing facts, did you all know that Super Bowl Sunday is the second highest food consumption day in America? (laughs) No, I didn't yeah, it's know right that. behind Thanksgiving.
0: Okay, well that's wow. awesome. Well, that's all awesome. right. Wow. So the last time we saw the 49er coach Kyle Shanahan in a Super Bowl came three years ago when he was the offensive coordinator uh, for the Falcons, and some of you may remember that game where the Falcons blew a 28 to 3 lead and lost to the Patriots. So I think the 49ers are going to go down uh, today. Uh, they're going to be overrun by Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to say that we're going to have the
1: Kansas City Chiefs are going to win today. Speaking of things going down, did you hear that last year 1.38 billion chicken wings were consumed on Super Bowl Sunday? That's four per American. Every kid, every
2: grandma, every crazy uncle, every American, four chicken wings. Man, that's a lot of chicken wings. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for a baby because I'm going to eat her chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> steal right food from us. a steal baby. From yeah. I, steal, I, steal, I steal wings <laughs> from a baby for sure. I'm warming hey, up.
1: You're warming up. You're getting ready.
2: Well, you know what? Uh, I think you're right. It's going to be a great game. I hope it's going to be a great game. A lot of great defenses playing each other, great offenses, but I got to say that that our homeboy, Patrick Mahomes, has got to be the intangible. You just can't predict what's going to happen with him on your side. I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs as well.
1: Does this mean I could call y'all a bunch of mahomies or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah?
0: My homeboys. If you boys. want
1: to. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, we'll see about it. We'll see how the game goes. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, but one more interesting food fact. Did you know that on Super Bowl Sunday, there's a 350% increase in pizza deliveries as opposed to a normal Sunday? Yeah. That's a lot of pizza. That's yeah, a that's lot of a pizza. Lot. How many slices is that? Uh, probably still not enough for <laughs> Americans. <laughs> Well, those are, those
0: are great, interesting facts, Garrett, but I think the real interesting facts and statistics are about how you've done in your rookie year. Yeah. I looked over some of the numbers, and uh, our average youth attendance on Wednesday night from the previous year was up 25% in the Woo! youth group, so that's an yeah. awesome great percentage. Good job, man. <laughs> we had 40 people go on two mission trips with the youth group last year. That's awesome. And one of the uh, awesome fact is that we had
3: 10% of our average attendance got
0: baptized last year. Those Ooh, are things to that, celebrate. Yeah. Those are stats Whoa, that we
3: that, want to celebrate. Yeah. Lord. Well, wonderful stats, wonderful stats. But you know what? With all those stats, I hear the music coming up now. I think it's ready for the program to be- begin to move forward. Hey, are you guys ready for some worship? We're ready. Yeah. We yeah we ready. What about you guys? Here. Y'all ready for some worship this morning? Let's stand up and worship. Let's do it.
4: alone. You will fight, but this war isn't yours to independently wage, because this, my friends, this is shoulder to shoulder. You are family, you are brothers, you are warriors, and before you lies a victory that's more than worth your life of sacrificial preparation, a victory that can only be won by standing, shoulder to shoulder.
5: friends, welcome to Football Sunday 2020. I'm Brock Heward and in a few hours, the largest single game sporting event of the year will be played in Miami. I love this day because it's so great for the players, the fans, and everyone in your church community. Since my own NFL Playing Days ended in 2004, I've been covering college and NFL games as an analyst ever since. And one thing I've always paid attention to over the years are the rule changes at the pro level, many of which keep players from getting hurt. And this year, the league implemented a number of player safety rules, including one, eliminating a shoulder-to-shoulder, two-man, double-team block. In layman's terms, no longer can two teammates on a kickoff stand shoulder to shoulder holding hands and double team another player. And if a player or two does that in today's game, well, their team will be penalized. But those very same players will be rewarded today if they stand shoulder to shoulder. One's a penalty, the others are a reward. And make no mistake, these guys must stand shoulder to shoulder because that's their only path to victory. And we all get to see it unfold. So wherever you watch the game and whoever you're with, I hope you have a great and memorable experience. Welcome to Football Sunday 2020.
6: You always look for the pinnacle of, you know, championships. And obviously in football, it's the Super Bowl.
2: It's surreal um, being in this moment, being here. I mean, It's what you work for all offseason and all year long, and especially with this
5: group of guys and the coaches. They're a special group. There's nothing higher, really, than this when
7: it comes to football. And so to reach that level and to know that you're one of the last two teams in that game, it's really cool, man. When you really start to break it down for what it is, you can't help but get excited. So, yeah, it's, it's really cool.
8: No other example that I can say that makes me happier than I get to go to the Super Bowl.
6: I grew up my whole life a football fan, watching the Super Bowl, you know, watch watching on TV, like man, that'd be really cool to be there someday.
8: For professional athletes, that's always
6: the goal. And to be on this team and, and to be able to actually achieve
8: that goal and be here now, it, it's it's a great feeling.
5: Our first story highlights Prince Samukamara, a cornerback for the Chicago Bears. After playing at Nebraska, Prince was drafted 19th overall in 2011 by the New York Giants. Prince is a great guy whose life came together when he began to understand the reality of God's grace. This is his story.
8: My upbringing around faith and, and, and around religion—both of my parents really loved God and, and, and served God—but for some reason, one thing that I pulled from that was was rules and obedience. And so I thought, okay, as long as I'm a good person, I'd be able to get into heaven. But it was working. Everyone thought, oh, Prince is the good kid, and 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 that was my that was my reputation. Prince was a good guy. And To be honest, I kind of I kind of liked it, and I, and I took. I took pride in it also. When I got into high school and I had friends around music, now they were my comparison, they were my standard. So as long as I'm not doing what they're doing, as long as I'm being better than them in my eyes, then I'm still in right standing with God. At this camp, 500 kids, it's co-ed, boys and girls, about 12 different sports. There's college coaches there, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm here to showcase my talent and hopefully get on the radar to, to get a, a football scholarship. Each kid had um, their own group. In the group, we were doing Bible studies and we would break break the huddle and we, and we would do prayer. And one of the phrases we were saying was like, for his glory, and I'm thinking like, for, like, for who, who, whose glory, like who's his? I still was kind of on the fence, but they played a clip with uh, Christ with, with car- carrying the cross and people whipping him and spitting at him and wearing the crown of thorns and blood is on his face. And I'm thinking like, wow, like he did this for me. So it wasn't until I got into college, I met with the, the team chaplain, and he took me and a number of guys under his wings. We started to go through books, and he, he taught us the Word, we, we studied the Word, and we end up spreading the Word, share, sharing, sharing our testimony. High school stage, I was a believer. College is when I became a follower, and when I started to walk, and when I was able and learned how to give an account for what I believed in. There's nothing you can do to get God to love you more than he does right now, or to get God to love you less. He like He wants a relationship with you. When Jesus was at the cross, like he knew that he was buying broken, prideful, selfish, sinful beings like us, and that should give us hope. The fact that a perfect God would want something so broken should tell us, like, how purposeful we are, and how valuable we are.
5: Seems like we can all find ourselves somewhere in Prince's story. Some of us are trying to live good lives, hoping that the good deeds will outweigh the bad ones, and that God will take notice. Some of us have claimed the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, but we've stalled there. And some of us are following Jesus. So wherever you find yourself, The players today aren't the only ones who need to stand shoulder to shoulder. The life God intends for us is discovered when we stand shoulder to shoulder with Jesus himself, because he really is all we'll ever need.
7: I play football and there's a very performance-based relationship that I'm in with this team. And the gospel says that we get to walk into a non-performance-based relationship. And here's Jesus saying, look, I came down, I did all the work for you. All you gotta do is just receive it, abide in me. And even the days you slip up, I'm still here to catch you.
8: He's a great father. You know, I've got three little kids and showing them, you know, what it means to, to follow Jesus and to be the man of the household that I'm supposed to be, he's left the playbook behind for us to follow and all we have to do is just listen and and enjoy the ride that he's gonna put us on because he already knows the ending result.
6: I think the biggest thing for me with Christianity and who God is is, is that it's based on his unconditional love and grace. I'm discovering God to be faithful and uh, to be a promise keeping God. Galatians 6, 9 says never grow weary of doing good for in due time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. So many times, the Christian life feels like you're just sowing good things, sowing good things, sowing good things. It's like, man, when am I going to reap the harvest, right? In that time, you know, the devil's throwing all those bad thoughts in your head. He's saying, oh, God's not really good. God's not really fair. No, God is good. Even if my circumstances aren't good, God is still good. I think life is all about. Relationships and this relationship with Jesus—it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. With Jesus, it makes one of those things where no matter what I do, He's still gonna love me and that grace, and it's always, it's always enough.
5: Nate Solder is a Pro Bowl tackle who was drafted 17th overall in the 2011 draft. He's earned two Super Bowl rings with the New England Patriots, and he's made a living at protecting quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Eli Manning, and others. Nate is married to Lexi, and they have two wonderful children. But when their first son, Hudson, was born, a chain of events was set in motion that would literally change their world. But that's not all. This is their story.
9: When we found out I was pregnant, I, he was at work, I think, and he um, wasn't home. I took a pregnancy test in the morning, and it was positive. I put it in a, like a jewelry box that I just had like laying around the house and like wrapped it up in something.
10: And I was like, oh, I don't want to open this. I'm not into gifts. Like I don't want to, and, and, and she just like, no, no, you want to open this one. And it was the first pregnancy test and it was positive. And I was like, what do I do now? <laughs> I do remember having one freak out moment, uh, cause we have a cat and I was like, cause I'm reading all these things about how cats can give diseases to pregnant women, all this stuff. So I'm like so nervous. So I'm in there vacuuming at three in the morning, vacuuming the whole, the kitty litter over the floor and like just going nuts. And I was like, I read my Bible. I tried calling people, but it's three in the morning. So I was like, I have no one to talk to. So she's like, Nate, why are you up at three in the morning vacuuming? I was like, I don't know, I'm so nervous.
9: We were giving Hudson baths, and um, I remember Nate said at one point, like, this feels weird. He has like a weird sort of lump on his left side.
10: So we were friends with the pediatrician. Let's just text her. Let's text uh, Rachel and see what she says.
9: So we go over house, and and she's feeling his lump on his left side and feeling sort of the right side of his belly. And and she's like, you know, I wouldn't really worry about it. We'll keep an eye on it. I I want him to have an ultrasound today. So I was like, okay. I remember like getting in the shower and getting ready to go. And I was just like started crying in the shower because you just know, I mean, a mother's intuition, you just know it's not good. He was diagnosed with bilateral kidney tumors, which is really what, that is the basis of what we know. Um, his doctors have thrown around uh, Wilms tumor, which is pretty common.
10: We were in the hospital for four or five days. It was just an onslaught of different medications, different types of options for how we could treat it. There was probably 10 different doctors who would talk to us about it.
9: His kidneys were, they said, were the size of pears at a three-month-old, when they're supposed to be the size of peanuts.
10: So he was on chemotherapy for a full year. His kidneys um, shrunk tremendously. They looked like normal kidneys, but they always still had some spots in them. We were off for a year, and one of the spots started to grow again. So they thought the best course of action was to start chemotherapy again. They shrunk, and if they didn't shrink, they would not grow anymore. After a year of that, he still has tumors in his kidneys, but they're small and they haven't grown very much. So that's kind of where we're at now
9: who knows what we're going to do with that, and surgery might be down the line, or more treatment, or who knows. So, yeah, we take it one day at a time. We were at this sort of time in our lives where we felt like Hudson's situation was sort of stable, and, and we started looking outward in ways that we could help, our Make an impact. I always say if, if Hudson was born in Uganda or Guatemala or Thailand or whatever with his condition, with his kidneys, he, would, he wouldn't make it.
10: Uh, we were able to find Confession International. They introduced us to kind of some of the programs they did, some of the kids, and I think both Lexi and I were thinking we're going to do something big. get a good meal, they get evaluated, they get health records, and then they get Bible lessons. So they they learn scripture and and kind of, they they act it out in the way that they treat each other. And then one of the biggest things is too, they have access to school. So they're all their schools paid for, and they have access to medical care. So they can go to any hospital and they get all the medical care covered too. You
9: know, we have our NFL life and we have our, compassion, commitments, and and then we have our our kids and our home life, and and all are very different and unique, and I think that middle section for us is Jesus, and I think that's really what connects it all.
10: God's purposes are being done, and it's happening, and somehow he's made us a part of his uh, plan, and it's led us down this path that we could have never fathomed. I never thought that I would play as long as I have in the NFL. I never could have imagined it as a kid. I certainly never wished that my son had cancer, but then somehow we're sitting in Uganda and the people are cheering because we were able to create these centers. And So God's up to something amazing and it far exceeds anything I've ever done in football. It far exceeds anything I could do.
5: The Solder family is in the middle of it again. The fear, the uncertainty, the prayers of desperation and the sleepless nights of wondering. They're in a vulnerable place right now and they need our prayers. But I also know the Solders well enough to know they won't give up. They'll continue telling their story and allowing it to push them into the world with a global vision of rescue in the name of Jesus. And they'll do it by standing shoulder to shoulder with an amazing organization they mentioned called Compassion International. We traveled to Guatemala with the soldiers last summer, and we learned there are 400 million children around the world who live in abject poverty. That's less than $1.90 a day. We've also learned that when we follow Jesus, we follow him into a world that needs saving and rescue. So what if you took your story and your resources those two things, and you partner together with a Christ-centered ministry that's saving lives around the world. There's no doubt your church already has some great opportunities for you, or you can check out Compassion International online. There's a victory waiting to happen here, but it won't happen unless we're willing to stand shoulder to shoulder.
2: My my brother having passed
10: away and um, going to heaven, I think it's really, you know, put me and not only me, but my family to a whole nother
5: level of, of faith and, and believing. Dove into the Bible more than I ever have just throughout throughout this process because it's really the only place that I can find some peace. And really just knowing and reading about heaven and because yeah, I, I know that's where my brother is and, and just knowing, without a doubt in my mind that I will see Him someday. And and that really, really is the only thing that really kind of brings me some peace. I'm not
7: going to the Father because every single time it's like, man, I need this, I want this. Like I spend more time thanking and prayer now um, because I'm just like, man, like I actually just get to be with you. And I know it doesn't even end on this side of eternity. I know that this gets to be forever.
6: The first eight years of my career uh, was a starter pretty much the whole time. And then uh, last season I got benched this year, I get fired, rehired, fired again, and uh, spent the first five weeks of this season on my couch watching football unemployed. Got a phone call from my agents, who, you know, the Chiefs contact my agents, and he said, hey, the Chiefs want you, let's go. Week 16, got a shot to start, and played well. Played well week 17, and um, I'm still playing. You know, started and played both playoff games, and I'm gonna start in the Super Bowl. It's, it's really God's showing off. It's, it's actually amazing.
5: Since he was picked in the first round of the 2004 NFL Draft, Benjamin Watson has had a long career in the NFL. And while Benjamin and his wife, Kirsten, have experienced a lot of success, they've also experienced their share of challenges. Challenges filled with disappointment, hard questions, and loss. This is their story.
4: possibly my last game. Uh, if we win, which hopefully we do, uh, there'll be another game after that, which will be in Atlanta for the Super Bowl. And on that Monday or Tuesday, I started getting pain in my stomach. The next day, I ended up going to uh, the hospital, got a couple of CAT scans and gave me some medicine and uh, sent me home. Another doctor looked at my CAT scan and said, I think Benjamin has uh, acute appendicitis. You need to get him to the hospital right now. A dear friend named David, um, came over to the hospital, prayed for me. My family was there, and I woke up. That was the first night I slept the whole week. They released me from the hospital. I go back to the facility and, uh, you know, they tell me that, well, you weren't here the first two days of practice Wednesday and Thursday, so the plan is for you not to play. Crushed. Because in my head, I had this awesome story of, I had appendicitis, God healed me. I came back in the NFC Championship, caught the winning touchdown. (laughs) You know, <laughs> it's gonna be a Christian sensation. That's how my mom was rolling. Late April, early May, started thinking about, you know, maybe, maybe I wanna play again. New England reached out after we made them word I wanted to play and it seemed substantial. Like it might really be an opportunity to play.
11: So when Benjamin decided to continue to play, then everything kind of shifts.
4: Move the family across the country again.
11: And so the kids are there. The guys are moving the boxes out. It's the memory of walking through the house when there's nothing in there with all the kids.
4: Go to practice that week. I'm not activated that first week. Then the next week, things are kind of weird, um, and I was released. I was cut. I was. I, I didn't. I wasn't good enough.
11: five kids and the question we always get is are you done and i just didn't have the yes and then one night i remember him saying you know let's let's go for number six let's try and so i felt like we had waited we had been patient um and then we had both heard yes from the lord and so to go and and then get pregnant immediately i was like we were supposed to have six and so the last thing that ever crossed my mind is that we wouldn't have the baby. When it didn't work out and we found out that we had lost the baby, I remember thinking, God, I thought I was doing what you said. You know, five kids is a lot. We said yes to six. We must have been wrong because surely God wouldn't allow that. And so we got pregnant again. And I said, well, Maybe God really does want us to have this sixth baby. We were excited, we told the kids, and then something went wrong again. The baby's not growing, and um, there's no heartbeat. I'm just trying to be obedient, and I don't understand. And so this time was really rough, and... We try again in July, and then I get pregnant. I look, I'm look. looking at the lady giving the ultrasound and she makes this weird face. And I say, is everything okay? She's like, yeah, I see something. And so I say, well, is it a baby? Do you see a baby? And she goes, I see two babies. I look over at Benjamin, I see him walking towards the TV screen with his mouth open. And then I look at the screen, and I see two, two babies. And I say, you didn't tell me you had twins in your family? Because I don't. I was like, I don't have any twins in my family. I do we have twins?
4: all things together for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And what is that good? That good is not necessarily what I think good is. It's always good, but it might not always be pleasant.
11: Then Nimi says, if God loved you, wouldn't that be easy? And somewhere along the line, I've bought in that lie. Then I have to go back to truth, and I look in the Bible, and I don't see that anywhere. (laughs)
4: His promises are that you are an overcomer, that I love you, that I'll never leave you or forsake you. His promises are that I will always provide for your needs according to riches and glory. His promises are that I loved you so much that I sent my own son to die for you. His promises are that I've already written the book, so I know what's happening when you don't. His promises are eternal life. His promises are that I'll give you beauty for ashes.
5: Many of you are in a season right now that doesn't feel pleasant at all. Your job, your close relationships, your health, or your finances are causing pain and disappointment. Some of you feel like you've done everything you're supposed to do, but the happy ending you're hoping for feels a million miles away. So what does standing shoulder to shoulder look like for you? Maybe God's invitation for you today is simply telling one person how hard this really is. Or maybe God's inviting you to stand shoulder to shoulder with believers throughout the ages, followers of Jesus who have stubbornly and faithfully chosen to believe in God's good promises, even while they live in their own uncertainty. Whatever the case, God is always offering us something far greater than the answers we seek. He's offering us his presence, a presence that's most often seen through others who have walked or who are currently walking the same journey. times in our lives, we all ask the question, how can God be good if? And then we fill in the blank with something bad that we don't understand. But the larger question is this, how can God be good if he allowed his son to be put to death on a cross? That doesn't look or feel good at all, but as impossible as it might seem, the answer isn't a mystery. It's because he loves us, because he loves you. The cross of Jesus is actually the ultimate display of God's goodness. God not only loves you, but he created you to personally experience that love in a relationship with him. The problem is we spend our lives ignoring God like he doesn't exist. We search for fulfillment in other people and things, but not with God. And throughout the Bible, this is called sin. We've all sinned and we're born into it.
9: The result of sin
5: is that we're not in relationship with God, and that makes us eternally separated from Him, and that's a problem. But the good news, the great news, is this. Because of God's great love for us, He became a human being in Jesus Christ, and He gave His life for us, and He paid the penalty that we deserve. He died that day, but He rose to life again. So God's already done everything to show us how much He loves us, but we need to respond. To begin, you acknowledge the love of God in Christ. You admit that your sin is in desperate need of forgiveness and you trust in Christ's death for complete and total cleansing of it. So, it's up to you now. If your heart is saying yes, then I'd like to lead you in a prayer that will put words to what you're feeling. Simply pray this prayer with me right now. Dear God, thank you for loving me and wanting the best for me. I've lived my life for myself. I've ignored you, and I've done things my own way. For this, I'm truly sorry. Jesus, I believe that you are God, and that you've forgiven all my sins by dying on the cross in my place. I trust in your goodness, and I ask you to be leader of my life. You are the God who loves me, the Savior who died for me, and the Spirit who leads me. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, the Bible says there's a celebration going on in heaven right now. And they're celebrating because you just came home. You know, the players in today's game will always come back to today because it's a defining moment for them. But even playing in the Super Bowl is nothing like what you just did. This is your most defining moment ever because your heart just came alive in Christ. So welcome home. Welcome to the family of God. Shoulder to shoulder, because we just can't do this alone and we were never meant to anyway. Maybe you're standing shoulder to shoulder today with Prince. You just made a decision to follow Jesus and all of heaven is celebrating. Get with someone and start walking this journey together. Maybe you're standing shoulder to shoulder with Nate and Lexi. You feel the need to take part in a rescue mission for the sake of children in developing countries. There is so much joy in getting involved. Or maybe you're standing shoulder to shoulder with the Watsons. If you're in a season of challenge and disappointment, lean into the promises of God and know that you are not alone. So on behalf of Prince, Nate and Lexi, Benjamin and Kirsten, and all the people who make Football Sunday possible every year, it's been an enormous blessing and my great pleasure to be with you today. Have a great day and enjoy the game.
0: You back into the broadcast booth here, and just want to share with you that it's amazing to me to hear those NFL players just talk about their faith so openly, on both teams, both the the Chiefs and the 49ers. That they talked about how Jesus has made a difference in their life, and they're doing it very publicly. And it encourages me that I need to be bold about my faith and be open with my faith as we uh, look to reach more people for Jesus Christ.
2: That's right, Bobby. And I, you know, one of the things that really struck me about the whole presentation was the theme. You know, shoulder to shoulder, great uh, image of the church, that what the church is supposed to be like. We're supposed to be shoulder to shoulder with one another, working together as a team for the, for the cause of growing the kingdom of God. There's so much that we could say about it. I, I would highlight uh, uh, this Nate and Lexi's story a little bit with their baby Hudson. It really grabbed my heart. Uh, and, and they spoke about uncertainty and how your faith allows you to keep going forward, even though you don't know what's going to come tomorrow or the next week. You know, the struggles with that baby it just rips your heart out as you think about that and the continuing challenges there. But it reminds me that none of us have lives where we know what's happening tomorrow. We have to trust Jesus by faith that He's going to walk us through. And what a great promise that is. What a great God we have. And, and what a glory uh, to know that God is with us no matter what. Absolutely. And, and what I heard
0: in that story as well with Nate and Lexi was that in the midst of their difficulties and their struggle with their child, they didn't just focus on themselves. As they were moving along in the story, they they realized that there are people, children all around the world that need their help. And so they partnered with Compassion International to open those eight child development centers around the world that they recognize that if their child had been born somewhere else, he wouldn't have survived. And so it's important for us as we look at our struggles that we need to be outwardly focused as well. And how can we be ministering to others even in the midst of our heartache and, and troubles?
1: Yeah, it was really cool how their story drove them out to help others as they experienced that, and they wanted to help others to not have to experience that. I know the story that I identified with the most was that of Prince Amukamara. Uh, Having had parents uh, that were in the church when I grew up, I was in church every Sunday, and I was constantly comparing myself to others, like, oh, I don't cheat at school. I don't lie to my parents. I don't do all these different things, and I thought I was such a good person. And it wasn't until years later where I realized my need for a relationship with Jesus. And I realized that compared to God, who's perfect, my goodness came nowhere near that level of holiness and goodness. And I realized my need for a Savior and my need for a relationship with Jesus. Amen. Oh,
3: that's great. That's great. I loved I loved Benjamin and Kirsten's story. You know, um, I, I loved his final phrase there, where he said, uh, "God's going to give you beauty for ashes." Yes. And, you know, so so powerful. Uh, he starts out with being this, in his mind, going to be this Chris, Christian sensation. You, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's this series of disappointments and and struggles, and some of them career wise, some of them more personal, losing two children. Um, you know, that's, that's crazy, the things that people go through, but all the while, God's faithful. In the midst of all of that, God is with us and taking care of us and watching after us. And even if it's not in this life, in the end, God is going to give us beauty for ashes. Amen. Amen. Powerful.
2: Amen. It truly is powerful. All of them were amazing stories, uh, very inspiring, and it's so great because you you know these NFL players are put up on pedestals; they're making all this money and all this, but these are just real people following Jesus and allowing Him to lead them into their lives, same as you and me. It's it's just a, a really even powerful. vacuuming kitty litter, vacuuming kitty litter. Yeah, <laughs> great image, right? Yeah, and, and I hope that you understand that what we're talking about today is the power and importance of having faith. And as if you were one of those that that read that prayer and said that prayer in your heart today, that you are today a Christian now. And we would love to have the opportunity to visit with you about that, talk to you about it afterwards. That's really why we're doing this today is to help people understand. All of us have got lives that aren't perfect. In fact, sometimes our lives are really, really messed up. I know your life. Yeah. It's really <laughs> messed up. Right? You know, but but it's, it's about the faith that we have and allows us to walk through that stuff and, and what a gift it is. And it reminds me that it's just about... The stories that were told today. Everybody in this room, everybody that may be watching at home, has a story. Your life has a story and how God has impacted it. And next week, we're going to pick up a little series called My Story, which is really about learning to talk about your story and how God has impacted you in order to help people know about the love of Jesus Christ. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: It will be a lot of fun. as we continue to think about our story, I want to talk about a little bit about our story as a church. I'm going to invite the host team to come forward as we receive our offering and think about how your story mixes in with Lighthouse's story and the power of a community, that we can be more powerful by pooling our resources through our offering uh, to touch lives, just like Nate um, and Lexi talked about how they can reach around the world with their uh, ministry We, Lighthouse, are reaching around the world. We have partnerships in Kenya where we're doing the exact things that those children development centers are are doing, where we're caring for children, giving them health care, giving them education. Because of your gifts and your offering. If you're a guest, don't feel like you have to put anything in in there unless you want to participate in that story because the offering does that. But not only there in Kenya and in Mexico, but it does it here locally at home. We, We partner with the elementary schools like Dozier Elementary and reach in there, and we're feeding children through the offering that you give. So we celebrate these gifts. Let's pray over this offering as we receive it. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that we get to be a part of a bigger story. It's your story, your story touching lives and changing people. Just bless these gifts in this ministry here at Lighthouse. In Jesus' name we pray,
3: amen. 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 So and while the baskets are being passed, I just want to uh, speak just a moment to our guests and let you know how honored and thankful that you, you are here with us today. Um, in the midst of the, the craziness and the funness of uh, Super Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, we can... Uh, see God in the midst of just our daily lives. And uh, we're so thankful that you would be a part of that and share that with us this this morning. So we invite you to come back next week. We'll be back to our normal schedule of three services next week. Check online to to see what those times are and any details. We've got a new sermon series coming out, so you won't want to miss the start of that. And uh, next week, we're going to eat again because the Boy Scouts are going to be serving pancakes for us. So be sure and come. Come hungry, and uh, we'll be served by the, the great Scouts that they are. And I'm just curious. You got any fun facts of food for pancakes
2: there, food boy?
3: Why would I know that? <laughs> well, just just checking.
2: Hey, I, the stat I like is we get to eat two Sundays in a row. That's my I like.
0: Amen. I, like, Amen. I like that right. stat. That's good, Frank. And it is important that you remember that you were invited to have lunch with us today. We've got hot dogs and nachos and popcorn. and. Drinks. Uh, we've got souvenir cups to take home for this great sporting event morning that we're having. But you're invited to stay because it's important that you that you realize that we've combined all our services together. So there's going to be people in here that you don't know because you normally come to a different service time. So spend the time mingling, fellowshipping, get to know people that you haven't seen before because. We're a big church, and it's hard to get all of us together like this, so we want to celebrate that today with our food and our fellowship. There's games out on the front lawn, so uh, pick up your kids, come get a hot dog, get some nachos, and hang out and tailgate with us as we celebrate today. And as we wrap up our service today, I want to remind you that if you prayed that prayer, just like Frank said, that, that Brock led us in, if this is the first time that you've given your life to Jesus Christ we want to celebrate that with you. So please come see us up here at the front after we dismiss. We want to talk with you and celebrate that with you and talk about next steps that you could have because that is what church is about. It's about giving your life to Jesus Christ. It's not about us up here being silly or uh, talking about football. It's about making a difference in people's lives and giving your life to Jesus Christ because when you give your life to Jesus You are transformed, and when we are transformed, we can transform the world. So I invite you to stand up. We're going to dismiss from this place, uh, knowing that God is the author of our stories. As we continue to think about how my story interacts shoulder to shoulder with these guys' stories and your stories, we are a powerful entity in the world. So go forth in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and share your story with the world. Amen.